0: Hi, I'm Trevor Thomas, and you're tuned to KSKQ.org 94.9 FM. Thank you for listening to my show. If you're new, this is a variety show that includes music, old time radio shows, thought provoking conversations, metaphysical discourses, skits, news, and more. Coming up this hour, we'll be playing some music from uh, Eiffel 65, um, what else here? Soul Swingers, David Gray, uh, Rafi, and Jeff Buckley. Also, have uh, some new answering machine messages for you and a new mystery segment, which I will announce later. And we'll play some episodes of the old time radio show The Shadow, which I've been looking forward to. And in a few minutes, we'll be talking about metaphysics versus psychology with a special guest who I will announce later, which is our topic for this week's show. But first, here's Dub in Life by Eiffel 65. <laughs>
1: Everybody Just keep on asking
0: your opinion on or off the air or add to the topic in some way, please wait until I'm playing a song so that I can answer the phone. Then call the studio here at 541-482-3999. Tonight we're going to be talking about, well, a number of things, and I guess our title is slightly misleading, uh, metaphysics versus psychology. And we have a guest here today named, uh, surprise, surprise, Matthew Thomas, who is joining us here in the studio for the second time. He comprises 66.6% of all the guests that have appeared on our show, if we include the one caller that called in, which I think is amazing. So, Matthew, introduce yourself. Hello. Fantastic. I got the right mic volume level. Okay. So, um, yeah. So we are talking about metaphysics versus psychology, basically, and I thought it would be a really good idea if we start out by just sort of talking about what either of us believe. And this isn't necessarily a you know, versus type of conversation. This is more of a uh, <clears throat> complementary ideas, I guess. Um, so, uh, Matthew, if you'd like to go first.
2: Thank you. Actually, before we begin, I have some information that I received not moments ago. This information is quite shocking. So if you are not already sat down, I encourage you to do so now. I believe this information to be relevant to our topic, though I cannot as of yet say how its relevancy is going to manifest. Only time will tell. Here it is. I just found out that contrary to popular belief, when a sea turtle cries, it is not an emotional response due to how the turtle is feeling. It is, in fact, a physiological mechanism designed to get rid of excess sea salt to keep the sea turtle from losing water. This news is almost as shocking to me as the fact that sea turtles cry.
0: Wow, that is amazing. Incredibly relevant news. You guys heard it here first.
2: Thank you. Okay, so first I'd like to throw out the idea that uh, I'm not a professional. For the past three years, I've been studying psychology, uh, primarily in the realm of how we trap ourselves. Um, Again, this is my own self-study, so a lot of the... Uh, beliefs and opinions and uh, in general information that I am going to be sharing tonight will stem from my own personal study also as a disclaimer I'd like to put out there that for the next however long we're doing this 15-20 minutes or so uh, we will be challenging your belief systems and perspectives so if you don't want that to happen maybe I don't know my brother might not like me saying this but change the channel
0: no, no, I completely agree. Um, although, on the contrary, I uh, I am, however, a complete professional. So um, anything that you, we say or do, you should not try at home without supervision from an adult or a professional such as myself.
2: Agreed. So. That's good advice. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start actually with my background. Um just gonna try and go through this real quick. Uh, the main reason why I touch why I touch base on my background is because I actually grew up in, I guess, what would be called a new age uh, culture way of thinking. I don't know if I'd call myself a new ager. You know, like if you're Christian, you're Christian. If you're Catholic, you're Catholic. I don't, I don't know if I would have been a new ager or what. Uh, but basically, my Younger years consisted of going to crystal healing seminars and, and taking uh, Reiki seminars and going to different workshops on light healing and becoming a light worker and things of that nature. And I very much um, believed and, and uh, talked to fairies and guides and, and all that. I bring this up as past, um, past references because this is not where my beliefs or feelings lie anymore. Uh, that is still very much a part of who I am, but at some point I begin to question my beliefs. And uh, it was in questioning them that um, more or less just because I believed them because uh, my mom and my dad did and my brother did. And it, it was just something I believed in. But at some point I realized that that's what that was. I need to believe in things solely because it was my choice. Um, I want to share one quote here real quick this quote is actually from buddha it's believe nothing no matter where you read it or who has said it not even if i have said it unless it, it agrees with your own reason and your own common sense Uh, I like that statement very, very much, and I believe that would be a good theme for what we're about to talk about. But the problem with this statement is that by the age of six, almost 90% of our beliefs have already been established, and we are now operating in autopilot. The scary thing is that our beliefs create our own reality. So that basically means that I'm unconsciously operating in almost the exact same way I operated when I was six years old. Uh, I bring that up because... Uh, if this is true for me and for other people out there, then even if you're judging what I'm saying right now and checking it in with your common sense and such, uh, recognize that that is probably based on the beliefs that you came to acquire when you were six years old. So uh, I bring this up mainly just to express to have an open mind out there and really just hear what we have to say.
0: Yeah, it's it's very difficult to um, divorce who you are and what your unique belief system is from your background, because that's very much prevalent in every aspect of who we are and what we do. I, I definitely agree with Matthew in terms of the, um, the stuff that happens to you when you're a kid, the stuff that you run into, the lessons that your parents teach you or the things that you see become a part of who you are as a person, which makes it very hard for you to figure out, you know, what's right for me. And, I mean, the only real question is, does this feel right right now? It's it's very hard to ask yourself, does this feel right if I were not pre-programmed by my parents? Because that is part of who you are, and that's something that I think everybody needs to recognize. We are, to some degree, our programming, to a very large degree, I think. And that's not necessarily something that you can ever get away from. You are your programming. It's how you work. You can change your programming. I think that's really the message behind what we're talking about today is that you can change it. None of it is really set in stone and none of it is really right or wrong. It's just what you decide is good for you at the moment based on how you're feeling. Um, That would be... Uh, I don't know, I guess my basic belief around that. and i and I have much the same background as Matthew. I'm, you know, older brother grew up in the same type of family system, saw a lot of the same things happening, and uh, grew skeptical to some degree over time about how things felt. you know, uh, seeing people jump around to a whole bunch of different, New age and metaphysical ideas and concepts makes it really hard for you to figure out who you are. And I see that as a gift because it allowed me to see for myself what felt right for me, you know? I mean, there's all different kinds of ideas about how the world works out there. And I think the one that works best for you is the one that you should stick with, not just the one that's been forced down your throat, but the one that uh, that fits your understanding of how things work. And if it doesn't, you know, maybe question that understanding a little bit. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more a little bit later today. Um, I don't remember where else I was going with that. but
2: Uh, That's basically, I think, a very important point uh, that we're trying to make here. Whatever your belief is, uh, I think I can speak for my brother as well. Uh, We believe that whatever your belief is, is absolutely right and perfect and correct for you in that moment, whatever it is. And uh, the only thing we're trying to say is that... If for some reason the beliefs that you have are causing stress in your life or you're unhappy with them, well, maybe you should look at that. I mean, that's kind of a a sign or a signal that's popping up. It's a a red light bulb that's going off. And we have um, some information from our own life experiences that we'd like to share. And if it resonates with you, amazing, wonderful. If not, that's okay, too. Uh, So that's basically the purpose of the conversation.
0: Yeah, I think another really good point is that um, we're not coming from necessarily the same perspective on this stuff, which, I mean, nobody can. Everybody has a different perspective. Everybody has a different history. Both of us grew up in the same type of environment, but we've come up out with slightly different belief systems. And I think that's going to be really beneficial today because you're seeing it from two different people's perspectives who have looked at the same thing and come out with, you know, a slightly different um, belief system about it.
2: Plus, we're brothers, so. Well, I bring that up because it's just like we grew up in the same household yet, um, so we share a lot of the same beliefs, but we still are able to take very different perspective views on
0: subjects. Right. Yes. Some of those perspectives he stole from me, so I had to find (laughs) others. It's true.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, the first thing that I believe we were going to get into and talk about was intuition.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good um, starting point. Well, actually... Uh, We're missing something. Uh, We need a little bit more of an introduction, I think. What we're talking about, basically, metaphysics versus psychology. It's not really a versus. It's more of a metaphysics and psychology. And when I use metaphysics, I mean that as an all-encompassing term. It covers New Ageism, religion, spirituality, psychology, physics, all those different ideas. And this is really just saying, well, you know, is it or isn't it actually that way in real life? Or, you know... uh, I guess looking at a more prevalent example, um, is it intuition or is it just pre-programming, I guess? And this is, I guess, where we, we're really getting into the meat of the discussion is, you know, it's almost like spirituality versus fact or science. Know, science or something like that. Yeah, basically, spirituality versus science is a really good perspective for it, which I think is really relevant to people here in Ashland since there's so many people that believe a lot of different things. Um, it's really hard to figure out what's really true for you when you've got so many different people coming at you with all these ideas about how things work. I mean, like cults and, and you know, angels and you know, Mother Mary and Gaia and auras and all these different ideas about how things could work. Um, I think people can get really lost in all that stuff.
2: Agreed. Uh, I guess what... What actually bothers me about that is because, again, that's the uh, the society that I grew up in, uh, in auras, uh, Reiki, crystal healings, uh, things of that nature. And since I really started started studying psychology, I began to see more and more about how we trap ourselves, how we have these little loops or tricks that we play on ourselves. Uh, For example, every thing that you receive all the information that you receive i believe it's something like one million or two million something like that units of information that you are receiving every second and um it's not your conscious mind that can receive it or it would blow up it's your unconscious mind that receives it and it filters all this information it only makes your conscious mind pay attention to what is important to uh your beliefs so it will bring to your attention something if it corresponds or is, uh, resonates powerfully with your beliefs. If it's something that's uh, – I believe it was novelty or something that stands out. Like if you come home and you notice that your chair has been moved. It's not in the same place. That's something your unconscious mind will bring to your attention. And um, oh, and lastly is something that threatens you, something that moves fast or or quick. Uh, thing Safety basically. Uh, So these are the things that our unconscious mind tells us to pay attention to. Uh, Beyond that, there's a lot of information that's going in there that you never even know about. And yet it controls the majority of how you live your life. Uh, It controls the way you feel about situations. A a quick example of this that I want to give is uh, let's say you go to a friend's wedding and um, your friend introduces you to another friend of his, who is a woman. And your immediate impression of this woman is that she is smothering. She is. Uh, she makes you feel uncomfortable, like she's trying to dominate you. And uh, you don't know why. This is just the feeling you get. So maybe you brush it off. Uh, We tend to uh, give meaning to anything. And once we give something meaning, we stick with it. So you might decide that uh, you picked up on it. It was her energy or something like that. Um, But let's say a little bit later you realize that she was wearing perfume and that the perfume was the exact perfume that your aunt used to wear, and your aunt used to be very, very overbearing and dominant, and she used to oppress you. So what's actually happened here, because smell is a very, very unconscious thing, is that you have smelled the perfume of this lady you just met and automatically created an association, a link with your aunt, and thus you re-experienced those feelings that you had with your aunt, this is a survival mechanism. we actually grow and develop and survive based on these principles uh, through association or generalization and um, and it happens on a subconscious level. we are very very rarely aware of it, so that was one of the first examples I wanted to bring up
0: and well, that 's an example of um, what energy intuition which
2: Well, that would be an example of where, like, a new age person may say something like, I get this vibe or this energy off of this person, um, and they think it's intuition or that they're feeling uh, the energy, but really it's, uh, it could be an unconscious pattern that's being brought in, such as, uh, again, your aunt overbearing, you've created an association you're not aware of, or it could be a lot of intuition is actually nonverbal body language, which we all know on unconscious level, but very few of us are aware consciously.
0: I think that's interesting. Um, it actually brings me to a slightly different point, which is that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the motivation behind being new age, which is really interesting to me. Uh, from From my experience with new agers, it's usually about finding something outside of yourself to latch on to which is contrary to what new age tends to be about new age for for a lot of people is about oneness and and finding a way to connect with everyone that makes sense you know for who you are and finding more somewhat of a greater purpose for your life which ties in with religion and ties in with philosophy and a lot of other practices but um new agers often tend to be the ones that get caught up in cults or particular ideas about something that don't make sense when you really break it down in terms of this is what that actually means and this is how that affects you and the world around you. It doesn't make sense from a logical perspective quite often. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people that get caught up in those types of ideas are looking for an answer outside of themselves that they can believe in. In essence, they're looking for somebody to tell them what to do. And how to believe. And getting caught up in um, intuition and metaphysics and auras and all that different stuff is a very easy way of accessing that part of yourself, of almost turning off your brain to some degree and being able to um, just go with the flow, which in essence is not a bad idea, going with the flow. But if that's all you're doing, if all you're doing is going with the flow, then you're, you're not creating a path for yourself. You're following somebody else's, which I think is the trap that a lot of people get caught up. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because, from my perspective, there is such a thing as intuition and, you know, a feeling of how things are. And I think it gets confused a lot with... Um, With pre-programming, with the stuff that we have stuck in our head, I think there is a definite difference between the two, and it's very hard to describe, but I do think that it's there. Um, But I think that it's very easy to confuse with just, uh, you know, previous information about your past life, stuff that's happened to you in the past that gets caught up in your subconscious and and says, you know, this is what you need to believe about this person. Um, but again, it's just a feeling. It's not necessarily something that can be described or really proven from any perspective other than finding someone who's used their intuition or really just sort of, you know, guide them in their life. But even then, I mean, from a psychological perspective, it's very easy to disprove that kind of thing, which brings me into another point, which I'll get into a little bit later. I think it should be Matt's turn now.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Actually, um... Even from a psychological point, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, we have the advantage in terms of science or things like that versus somebody's new age claim, because basically it all comes down to um, having all the factors or all the information. How can you possibly set up an experiment where you can um, analyze what the subconscious mind is doing, what the nonverbal um, uh, influences might be, and and all these factors – it just, As far as I know, there's no technology that can't observe all that, plus the environmental factors that are going on at that moment to establish exactly what happened, uh, whether or not it was intuition or sixth sense. Uh, all this, for me, is really speculation. Uh, and more importantly, I've come to a point in my own life where I believe the majority of things, uh, such as dowsing or uh, believing in psychics and such, is more or less a placebo effect or tricks of the mind, Um And I don't necessarily believe it's uh, always a conscious thing. Um, In fact, the majority of it, I would say people aren't aware they're even tricking themselves, um, or they might not do it. Uh, But that's the belief I have now. So for me to go back to it would not be possible. I I don't know how I could continue to believe in something that I now have a different belief that uh, I just, yeah, can't see that happening. Uh, So... I guess what I'm really trying to say, though, is regardless of what I have to say and regardless of what my brother has to say as well, it's all a matter of perspective. Uh, And unless you have all the information, which nobody does or you'd be God, um, there's no way you can predict anything or analyze anything to its fullest extent, especially because uh, you're analyzing it automatically puts you as an observer, which makes it perspective. And thus, it's not actually what's really happening.
0: Right. Which actually brings me back to another point, talking more about the idea of people getting caught up in in other people's beliefs is um, I think one of the the root reasons behind that is because they don't know how to believe in themselves. And this is really something that I've gotten out of my history and um, my understanding of, of metaphysics and psychology and all that is that. The only thing that you can really grasp and hold on to in all of this, intuition, psychics, reincarnation, all these different ideas, is what feels right to you. And the only way you can do that is by looking inside yourself and what feels good. And that's not something that can be proven by science or even disproven by science. Because every test that they use to prove it can also be used to disprove it. And every time you prove it, it's just... Uh, It's like, you know, facts are only theories that have been proven right multiple times, haven't been proven wrong yet. It's, you know, there's always that time where it can be proven wrong. And this is why I love, like, quantum physics, because on a really microscopic level, everything can be proven wrong. And everything can be proven right. So all these different ideas about how the universe works and about how people work, all of that stuff goes right out the window when you're looking at it from a quantum physics world, like, view. You can take so many different ideas, and this is some stuff that I kind of expanded on last week and and throw them around and see if they stick, and they do, because at that level, it's basically your observation and your idea about how things are going to work that influences how they actually work. It's not hundred percent, of course. I mean, the whole point behind quantum physics is that the smaller you get, the more the the rules of the world around you break down. And there's so many different ways you can use that. And we don't know how it's being used. I mean, maybe that's how manifestation works. We don't know. You know, maybe that's how a lot of these different things work. We don't know. Um, kind of lost my train of thought again.
2: I guess my main uh, aggravation is in most religions and uh, New Agers or, or whatever you believe in, uh, I personally don't care you can believe in whatever you want as we just established it's all personal preference it's all a matter of your perspective and ultimately you're wrong but ultimately you're also right so it really doesn't matter what bothers me is uh when people get so stuck in their beliefs that something that at one point in time because of their belief served them Something that they believed in at one point in time that was beneficial, now they hold on to so strongly that they might come to a point in their life where that no longer serves them. In fact, it may be damaging them very, very severely, but they won't let go to it because it's a belief. The problem with beliefs is you actually put a part of yourself into whatever you believe. And so when somebody comes at it from a different angle and says that you're wrong or or whatever, you get defensive. The reason you get defensive is because on a certain level, you're almost actually dying if that belief is proved wrong. It takes away a part of you because you put yourself into that belief.
0: Yeah, I I really like that. That actually reminds me of a quote from a movie, uh, Dogma that I really like, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it basically is um, that, you know, beliefs are are destructive. Um, people die over beliefs. But an idea, I mean, you can't fight somebody over an idea. It's just an idea. It doesn't have you know tangibleness to it. Um, and that's the difference. Uh, if people just had ideas about religion and about spirituality, then the world would be a much more peaceful place. That's not word for word, but that's basically the quote.
2: I like that. Yeah, it's almost as if I mean we were gonna have a a like a battle or whatever here, you know, a cage fight in the radio booth. But ultimately, me and my brother, or my brother and I, sorry, both have pretty much the same view that again it comes all down to believing whatever you want to believe. Um, so actually, now that we've established that, I want to throw up or stir up the dirt real quick, create some controversy. Woohoo. <laughs> so. Uh, let me see. Let me throw something out there. Uh, have you ever, um, I'm speaking more to the radio people out there listening because I've actually said this to my brother before, but have you ever thought of somebody? Have you ever been thinking about somebody and then suddenly they called and you get all excited and you pick up and you're like, Oh my God, I was just thinking of you. Maybe we have some sort of psychic connection going on. Um, that's happened to me on several occasions, and when I was younger, I used to think that's exactly what it was, and I'd try and promote it more, um, and try and see if I could get it to happen more often. But uh, how many times have you been thinking about somebody and they haven't called? How many times have you... Um, well, basically what I'm getting into here is uh, probability, is what you call intuition or being psychic or some sort of connection really just probability, Uh, Or really just the fact that on an unconscious level, um, you are deleting the information that would prove you wrong because you want to be psychic because that's cool. That feels good. And so you're only going to listen to information that supports that belief. Uh, You delete other information or you warp it or you generalize it in some way. You're like, well, they called me 10 minutes later. So maybe there was a lap in time before they got the message. You know we rationalize it in whatever way we can um so i'm gonna stop there
0: well i'm gonna throw out a, an opposite side from the uh i'm speaking for the listeners here of course mm-hmm. um uh, the i i definitely agree with that f- to a large extent there have been a couple of instances in my life where it has uh really made me believe in the idea of that kind of power and here's one of them really quick is there's a time when i was in the car with um our dad and my brother here and uh and um dad was talking about his ability to um make things change with his mind basically and what he did at the time was he was talking about how you know if he really focuses on something and i could be misremembering this but um, And maybe you can help me with that if you remember it differently. Uh, but what I remember him doing was talking about how his, his like, psychic power was really, really powerful recently. And then what he did was he was like, you know, I can move through this traffic really easily if I really want to. And so he started focusing on the cars in front of him and like three or four cars moved out of the way of his path, which I thought was really interesting because he'd been talking about how it's, you know, it's easy for him to move through traffic. Things just work out. Now, I could probably attribute that to some degree to psychology, the idea that maybe he was revving his engine in a particular way and the person um, in front of him looked in a rearview mirror and said, wow, that guy looks really intense. I should probably get out of this lane. Or it could have been coincidence. If it was coincidence, it was very interestingly timed coincidence that three or four cars would move out of the way at the same time and that's one of those ideas that i've held on to as an idea well wow you know if he could do that then i mean maybe it really is possible that we can do stuff like that with just our thoughts and it takes more than an immediate physical effect on our surrounding environment
2: i remember that as well actually and amazingly I was thinking about that almost a week ago.
0: Were oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Must be some sort of psychic thing going on there. Yeah. But <laughs> but um, I don't really remember what was said either. But I absolutely do remember that uh, he just was like, I'm going to move through traffic. And sure enough, two or three cars moved out of the way. And I think I remember one that it didn't look like it was going to move. And we were like, oh, maybe it's not going to And then it moved. And it was just amazing, and every time i 've tried that it never works,
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither <laughs> yeah there there actually is one other instance, and it 's a really quick one is um, what 's it called like cloud bursting, which I have actually tried and does actually work i mean i 've done as far as my experiments at least have gone, like just glancing at clouds they stay stay there, and then like looking really hard even at a big one, and it just disappears. And then looking around at all the other clouds, and none of them are doing the same kind of thing. Like, I've done experiments with it, and it seems to really work. And it could just be my mind playing tricks on me, but you know, it feels like it probably works. So I don't know.
2: I've done that, too. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. So who knows? Um, yeah. We're just throwing out ideas here, different views. Um and hopefully you'll take it with a grain of salt and, and really feel out what works for you. But most importantly, I hope that the uh, listeners out there walk away with at least one thing, and that is to believe in whatever you want, but question what you believe.
0: I agree. And, and I'll leave a final quote out here, which I really like. It is, recognize that we all see exactly the reality that we are prepared for. Which, um, yeah, and I think that's the end of our awesome discussion here. This is uh, Map of the Problematique by Muse. Now it's time for a classic commercial break.
3: And now, ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Someone once said that the world stands aside to make way for the man who knows where he's going. And so tonight it gives me great pleasure to make way for a man who knows what he's talking about. Harry Fonzell. Don't ever neglect the cold. At the very first sign of a cold, get after it immediately with the faster help of sparkling uh, sparkling uh, what's the name? Fred Allen, remember? No, no, no. <laughs> The name of the... I'm awfully sorry. That eagle has upset me. The, I i can't remember the name of what it is that helps fight cold faster. It my mind. Well, it'll come to you. Go ahead, Harry. Well, yes. Yes, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, if this famous product acts very quickly. Yet it's exceptionally gentle. And since the progress of a cold is very fast, the greater speed of, uh, of what it is I'm talking about is especially important in fighting your cold. And that's not all. This, uh, The name will come to me in a minute. It also helps nature counteract the acidity that so often accompanies a cold. And, ladies and gentlemen, you can check these facts with your own doctor. You'd better check the name, too, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Fred, you know what I'm talking about. Why, certainly, Harry. You're talking about America's outstanding saline laxative. That's it, Fred. And the name is. The name is, uh, uh, so many physicians recommend it. Yes, yes. And it helps fight cold faster. But what is the name? Well, here's a pretty to do. Wait Harry there must be somebody around here who knows. If there is will you uh, please tell us uh, confidentially? Sal hepatica! That's it Sal Hepatica. thank you ladies and gentlemen thank you.
0: Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice proudly supports KSKQ LP 94.9 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice brings together labor unions, religious congregations, student groups, and community organizations to improve working people's standard of living, job security, and their right to organize. Visit their website at www.sojwj.org. KSKQ thanks Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice for supporting community radio.
4: Banana phone, ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. To change your personal greeting, press one. At the tone, record your greeting. At the end of your greeting, press pound. Here's how your personal greeting will sound.
1: And now our
5: favorite answering machine messages.
0: I didn't expect a sort of answering machine. Nobody expects an answering machine. Our chief use is to get your name and your phone number. Our two chief uses are to get your name and your phone number and message. Damn. amongst our uses are such diverse elements as your name, phone number, and message. And the time you called... Um, I'll have to come in again! No time for that, so just wait for the beep. Nobody expects the beep! And now for something completely different! Tonight I'm going to introduce you to The Shadow, I'm going to try to keep it brief because we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, The Shadow is a collection of serialized dramas that came out originally on 1930s radio that follow the exploits of Lamont Cranston, a crime-fighting vigilante with psychic powers known as The Shadow. Over the years, the character evolved. The Shadow radio drama officially premiered with the story The Death House Rescue, in which the character had the power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. The effect of having this cloaked figure laughing while he was being shot at point blank range was, at the least, unsettling. So, this isn't the exact first episode of the show, but it's um, one of the more interesting ones. This is The Man Who Murdered Time. I'm going to play as much of Act One as I can. Um, Yeah, here we go.
5: for the first act of the Shadow's latest adventure to begin, I'd like to ask every motorist to do this. Take a ride on the new Goodrich Safety Silvertown Tire. See for yourself how it grips wet, slippery roads like you never felt a tire grip before. That's because the amazing Silvertown Lifesaver Tread acts like a battery of windshield wipers. Sweeps wet roads so dry you can light a match on its tracks. For the Non-skid stops you've ever had. Equip your car with Goodrich Silvertown Tires. The Shadow, mysterious character who aids close in distress and helps the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice belongs. The only one who knows the true identity of that master of other people's minds, the shadow. Today's story The Man Who Murdered Time. Yes,
6: Stuart? Mr. Cranston, on behalf of all the employees of the club, I wish to thank you for your generous New Year's gift to the personnel. That's quite all right, Stuart. Happy New Year. The same to you, sir. And may I thank you, too, Mr. Hughes, for your gift. You're
5: very welcome, Stuart. Happy New Year.
6: Happy New Year, Happy New year. I wish I could have made it more, Cranston, but it hasn't been
5: a terribly good year. Me? Well, I'm sorry to hear it, Hughes. Oh, by the way, how is Mrs. Hughes feeling these days? Poorly. Well, the doctors at the sanitarium say she may pull out of it next year. That's why I'm looking forward to the new year so eagerly. Well, Hughes, if there's anything I can do in the way of financial assistance... Thanks, old man, but it won't be necessary. I expect to be out of debt very shortly. Business improving? No, a trust fund is coming due in two weeks. Inheritance from my Uncle Matthew, you know. Well, I'm delighted to hear the news. Well, only eight hours to a brand new year... A new hope for all of us. Amen to that. You're coming to my New Year's Eve party tonight, aren't oh, you? Oh, I meant to tell you, Cranston. I'll be late. I got a call this morning from a second cousin of mine. He wants me to come to see him this evening. Brilliant scientist, but I suspect he's losing his mind. Oh. Nobody claims to have invented a time machine. A, a time machine? <laughs> yes. Fantastic, isn't it? Well, <laughs> come use. Is anything really fantastic in the modern world of science? Thirty years ago... The notion that a human voice could circle the earth without the aid of wires would have been called not only fantastic, but impossible. Radio, electric light, airplanes, all were called fantastic in their time, but today they're accepted facts. Why not the time machine? Well, I'm from Missouri. Anyway, I'm really going to see my cousin, not because of his alleged invention, but uh, because he's died. Oh, that's too bad. Yes, the poor chap's got an incurable heart condition. It's uh, it told me his doctors don't give him more than a few days to live. Well, I've got to be off. And see you tonight, then, Hughes. Only a miracle keep me away, Cranston. <laughs> a miracle like like the time machine. <laughs> <coughs> well, here will it. Drink uh, this water. There. You better now? Yes, yes, better use. Perhaps you'd better get into bed, Willard. (sighs) Frankly, I I didn't expect to find you up and about. Dressed to kill? Dressed to kill. Very good. Such an apt phrase. Well, why not? This is probably the last day of my life. I'm sure it's not as bad as all that,
6: Willard. If you take care of yourself... Come, come, Hughes. I'll never see the new year. That's what you're really thinking. Know what I've done today? What, Willard? The things I've wanted to do all my life. Packed them all into this one long, glorious day... I've smoked $2 cigars, eaten the finest foods, bought thousands of dollars worth of completely useless things just for the fun of indulging myself. Willard, (laughs) of course. That that I'm broke? I am. Then how did you... Borrowed, dear cousin. Spent other people's money, incurred enormous debts. (laughs) Payable next year. Next year, which will never come. I'm sorry, Willard. What are you sorry about? I'm not. Matter of fact, I've just begun to celebrate. And you must join me, you absolutely insist. I bought a marvelous sherry today, a rare vintage. You rang, sir? Ooh, uh, well, you needn't bother. The sherry, John.
5: Yes, sir.
6: I have it here, sir. Fine, fine. Put it on the table. Shall I pour,
5: sir? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good.
6: Hey, you are yous? Drink
5: hearty. Thank you. How do you like it?
6: Next, uh, Ambrosia, huh? It has a peculiar flavor, hasn't it? Oh, oh, oh it'll grow on you. Finish it, Hughes. Drink to my last day honor. Oh,
5: no, no, Willard, not to that. To my
6: last day honor. And yours, my dear cousin. To my last day? Hughes, I told you that today I meant to satisfy every ambition I ever had. Well, I've left for the last my greatest ambition of all. To kill you. To kill me? What are you? are joking. Think so, Hughes? But... Why? What have I ever done to you? What haven't you done to me? You've been a bone in my throat ever since we were boys together. I believe you're you're really serious. If it hadn't been for you, I'd have been Uncle Matthew's fair haired boy, his favorite, his pet. He would have raised me in luxury instead of you. You quarreled with him. You were he would rich. have left me his money, not you, You Judas. You had everything while I'd starved, scraped, suffered. I've brooded over that, my fine cousin, a whole lifetime. And now, this wonderful day, this last day of the year, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you not once, but a thousand times. You see that machine in the corner? I see, Willard. Calm down. That's my time machine. Your, your time machine,
5: yes. yes. I remember you saying... Do you know what this machine can do?
6: It can prevent the future from happening. Yes,
5: <laughs> the future from happening? Oh, now, now, look, Willard, look. Let me call your physician. I'll
6: be Have a fool. As sane as you are... That's a scientific machine, not a madman's toy. Do you know how it works? Well, of course not. I'll explain it in simple terms. Use what is time. What well, time, time, time is... Time is like a railroad track. A straight railroad track used. And the world is a train running along that track. On the track behind us lies yesterday, December 30th. Today, we're traveling along that section of track we called December 31st. And at midnight tonight, the train, you I, the whole universe. is scheduled to plunge straight ahead into January 1st of the new year. You follow me so far, you? Yes.
5: What is this to do with your
6: so-called time machine? Just this. By using a revolutionary principle of physics, my own discovery, my machine bends the straight track of time, curves it, curves it, so that the time track forms a perfect circle. <laughs> You fool, it's a scientific fact. I've done it. Oh, Matt, I say Matt. Listen to me, Hughes. At midnight tonight when I turn on the switch, time will instantly be curved back on itself. So that instead of continuing into January 1st, we'll go back 24 hours. We'll live December 31st over again and again and again like a phonograph needle caught in a groove. do well, so you <laughs>
5: believe that this day will never end? That you can make December 31st repeat itself forever? <laughs> laugh, you fool.
6: <laughs> you won't last long. Today, I've been especially careful to make it the fullest, happiest day of my life because I'm going to live this wonderful day forever. I'll catch time in that groove and hold it there. The future will never come. I never have to pay my debts. Despite my bad heart, I'll never die.
5: Well, I'll have to be as insane as you to believe that. Would you like a demonstration? Bring the bars out to the end, are you? Well,
6: go ahead. Demonstrate. That's the proper scientific spirit you're... I've set the machine to affect merely this house and ourselves. What incident of the last half hour do you want me to make repeat itself? Choose. Oh, the butler and the sheriff. John and the sherry, eh? Very good. And I want you to bear in mind that just as time will be repeated here in this room for the next few moments, so can I repeat time throughout the whole world, not once, but again and again. Now, let me adjust my machine. There. Now to close the circuit. You rang, sir? Really well. Uh, the surely, John. Yes, sir. I have it here, sir. Fine, fine. Put it on the table. Shall I pause, sir? No, I'll do it myself. That's all, John. Very good, Automatic circuit cut us off, and we're back in ordinary time again. Convinced yous? It can't be. It's impossible. It's a trick. A dream. A nightmare. (laughs) You'll be saying that for all eternity. I'm getting out of here. Are you, cousin? Try it if you can. I can't.
5: I'm paralyzed. I I can't get out of this chair. You feel
0: pain. (laughs) Uh, We're going to have to stop it there. I apologize. Due to time, we're going to have to end early. Isn't that the most amazing radio show you've ever heard? I'm I'm loving this. So um, that was the man who murdered time. Uh, one of the shadow episodes. So, we're almost at the end of our show, uh, but before we go, get out a pen and paper. It's time for Spell Speak. Spell Speak. So, uh, if you can keep up, you'll be able to decipher this very important message. Once you're done, be the first to email it to me at trevor at org, and you'll get a prize. If you need to hear it again, she'll be up in the archive section at kskq.org later tonight. Here we go M A N W H O J U M P S O F F C L I F F J U M P T O C O N C L U S I O N. I hope you got that. Coming up at 8 is Whistling in the Dark. Thank you for listening to my show. If you had feedback or suggestions, or just want to say hi, send me a message at trevor at kskq.org. Tune in again next Tuesday at 7 on kskq.org, 94.9 FM, for act two of The Shadow and more awesomeness. And finally, here's the word brought to you by Mr. T. I learned a lot in my long years of pitying fools and busting heads. People often ask me what the T stands for in my name. If you're a man, the T stands for tough. If you're a woman, a child, it stands for tender. That's right, ladies. I can be a tender fool sometimes. But remember this, you can whine me and you can dime me. But you have to take me on a plane to get me there. I ain't gonna go, damn fool woman i a new movie this summer, 18. I ain't in it, but I was a creative consultant on all the five scenes. Why the new PA kicks so much ass? Not as much as me, though. I still pity that fool. That's it, suckers. The jibba-jabba stops here. listening to The Alternative Show, which would not be possible without substantial donations from Anna Septic, created by Aaron Tires, with producer Terry Clough, and studio engineers Idaho and Randy Peters. Special thanks to Howie Kisses, Hi Marks, and my good friend Richard Keene. Patent lawyer Meg O'Tonne, Mary Kay cosmetics saleswoman Doris Close, and of course Al Gore for inventing the internet, without which this nearly live streaming broadcast would not be possible. All celebrity voices are impersonated unless stated otherwise during the show, which is broadcast live on location at Walt Disney's Farland theme park in Disneyland, France. Où la piscine dans les Disneyland resort? C'est plus beau, magnifique! Featuring the host with the most, Trevor S. Thomas, and yours truly, Alan Redd. You're listening to KSKQ 94.9 FM, Ashland Radio, a product of the Multicultural Association of Oregon. Thank you and good night.